Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. We're like a book club, but with movies instead. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, we're continuing with Brendan Fraserary with George of the Jungle, a movie that one letterbox user described as having an ending that rivals La La Land. We also give a short review of the new movie, Skin of a Rink, and debate how nostalgia can impact some movies that we see. Plus, we'll take a look at how this movie performed at the box office. Fraser was big in the 90s, but was he the biggest in 97? We'll find out. As always, you can find us online on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all over social media. Now, enjoy the show. Oh yeah, you want to talk about Skinamarink? Yeah. Um, man, David, we saw this movie called Skinamarink. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me on this. You know anything about you know, it? Yeah. Do you know anything about it? Um, I've seen a poster. Okay. Is, th- is it this have, one in the background over here? Right here. Right here. Uh, yes. It looks like a child sitting upside down in a hallway or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything I've heard about it sounds like sounds boring so um, okay so you not for you like i'll par- say you that. don't you don't like paranormal activity right because you find don't, it boring don't it's just the director turning the lights off in the background okay that's not scary <laughs> okay i feel like the i feel like you would have the same reaction okay. to this particular i don't want to say too much because it's out now but i feel mm. like for me it gave me very paranormal activity-esque it's not it's not the same thing don't go in thinking it's the same thing because it's not the same thing but of course the overall aesthetic of the movie gave me that same kind of paranormal activity grainy found footage cheap but done well for me vibe yeah um you won't like you wouldn't like it i'm just gonna i'll just say you would not like it yeah, you on a scale more of, boring than, than on, a, on a scale of paranormal activity to the conjuring, where does it sit in terms of horror movies? With For you, I think activity. it's beneath paranormal activity. Okay, with paranormal activity being why are we watching this and not Zombieland? And conjuring being, wow, I didn't know that horror movies could be good. No. You don't want to be so I no, say, I've never seen the Blair Witch Project, which I know is sort of the uh, the main originator of this whole found footage phenomena. Um, I found the experience overall nice because we went to our local indie theater here in Tulsa. We went yes. to Circle Cinema. Uh, my yes. girlfriend won that poster in the background along with the Terrifier 2 when she pulled an Andrew and got a raffle ticket that won. And uh, I was she she took it from me right before they read the thing. And mm-hmm. it was the winning ticket. And I was very happy because I knew I was going to get him, but angry that she won and it wasn't me, but it was very yeah, impressive. Circle Cinema uh, in Tulsa, after a while, just has to get sick of us, um, specifically, <laughs> specifically you three, uh, just winning all the stuff. I mean, like, there's no... I won the I Oscars pick. Like, Andrew wins all of the trivia it, all it, of the time. If we really st- stopped and took inventory of your house and Andrew's house, there's no telling how many 
Circle Cinema winnings you've accumulated over the years. You're not wrong. No, so many. You're not wrong. Yeah, it was a fun experience to watch in a theater, I will say. It, it's a it's a Shudder original movie. Shudder, the uh, horror-themed streaming niche streaming network. Um, oh, okay. And they, so they gave it a limited theatrical release, and I'm glad they did. I think it might have been even more creepier at home, but I think it would have been harder for me to pay attention at home. Uh, it was a lot easier for me to get drawn into it in the theater with yeah. a crowd of people. So you're not doing homework at the same time. Right. Not, things know, that you would never do laundry, you know, but I would something. be, I'd be tempted to, I had yeah. to watch part of it through my fingers at the end of it. I had crushed my popcorn bag into a lump of coal. Uh, it was very scary to me. High yeah, I also want to say, while I may not have loved the movie overall, I was very scared. I, I looked at the back of the people's heads in front of me very frequently. Yeah. Mm. So, but those kinds of movies are easy scares for me. They're, they're, yeah. It's the creepy supernatural darkness. Don't know what's going to happen, even if it isn't mes- necessarily the best one made. Has scared me. Yeah. See, I don't know what it is for me, but <sighs> found footage for me somehow removes me a little bit from it. Like, I don't know if that's like if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like I'm not actually watching a horror movie or movie when it's found footage in a lot of ways. It feels like I'm pulled back even a further step from from the the, the realness of it. Yeah. And I would have to test that theory out by watching more of them. But uh, that's just that it, trying to articulate it now. That's just kind of how it feels. But yeah, um, it's interesting because it's not what you think of when you think of found footage, per se. Correct. Like, I, I would say it is. It, uh, there's there's like a found footage theme and how it's stylized. But it's not like fourth wall breaking style found footage. It's more like just how it's presented, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's it just presented of, as though it were filmed on an old camera. It's very artsy in that way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll, yeah. If you're in a niche horror, you should check it out. I feel like mm-hmm. it's for people who are like really into subgenres of horror. So check that out. Um, but don't expect mainstream stuff because it's not like that at all. No, it's not. But I thought it was cool. It was fun to watch in a theater. Yeah. So that's what we've been up to. Let's uh, get into our, our big topic of the week, though. Big topic, oh, yeah. of, the topic month. of the month. Big topic James of the lifetime. We're talking about Brendan Fraserary, y'all. Brendan Fraserary. Brendan Fraserary continues this February. Last week, February. we talked about... <laughs> We talked about Blast from the Past last week, uh, 1999, yes. little flick with Brendan and Alicia Silverstone. This week, though, we're talking about, you know, I was trying to say, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to be like a different side of Brendan Fraser. But it's not very different, actually. No. <laughs> it's in that they same ballpark. They're uh, very much, they could be companion pieces, these two, these the yeah. movies we've watched. We're talking about George of the Jungle this week, um, which is David's pick. George of the Jungle came out in 1997, a little bit before uh, Blast from the Past, but after he had um, wooed crowds with Encino Man and Airplane and all that fun stuff. Airplane, so, Airhead. Air, airheads, not Airplane. <laughs> that was uh, before his acting time, I think. Also a good movie. Yeah, yeah, separately a good movie. Um, but David, your pick was George of the Jungle. Why? Tell us why you chose this for us. Honest, and many people will tell you different things, but for me, when I think of Bridget and Fraser, I think of George of the Jungle. 
It's just, I don't know if it was, it must've been the first thing I ever saw him in. It was um, one of the first times I feel like a movie like appealed to me as like a seven-year-old. Like obviously there was animated films and stuff like that. And I watched those. It was like, I don't know. It's like the first time like a movie was like, it was like a live action cartoon. Um, and I just remember watching it. I think at my grandparents' house just over and over and over again, it was exactly seven to 10 year old David's humor. Um, I just, I, I, and to this day, um, when Disney plus came out, this was one of the first things I watched um, because I didn't have it on DVD or anything like that. And I had no real way to go back and watch it. So I was like really excited because I don't know, man, it's just something funny about it. The narration, it's one of the best narration uh, uh, uses of narration in film. Um, I, to this day, think of the line where he says, um, as they gazed upon Ape Mountain, they looked upward in awe. And they all go, Aww. He goes, no, aww, A-W-E. Ooh. Like, it's just, um, that made me laugh when I was nine, and it makes me laugh today. I think about that all the time, specifically when I'm, uh, when I'm writing. I just think about how different, just different inflection, different inflection can have, you know, can mean a world of difference. But yes, um, this is definitely still, uh, as we said last week, squarely in Brendan Fraser's Golden Retriever phase. His um, himboness is at maximum. Uh, and I don't, it's just, it's funny. It's not like the most sophisticated humor, but it does for what it's just, it just nails that sort of like airplane or um, naked gun that just sort of like goofy humor um, that just works for me. So I love it. Uh, Brendan Fraser is again, Super charming, super childlike. It is a very good companion piece for Blast from the Past because, again, he's like torn out of his world and put into San Francisco, urban jungle, um, and all that stuff. I don't know. So that, that's that's what I got to say about that. All right, Garrett. What did you yeah, <clears throat> you know, David, you you. I think it was you that mentioned it. Uh, I had never really noticed it, never really thought about it until you kind of pointed out that a lot of his earlier stuff is very similar as far as like fish out of water situation type things and then so that that carryover and seeing that last week in blast from the past and seeing it this week in georgia the jungle um it's really interesting to see that dynamic and and i think for me i this is one of the i remember vaguely as as i'm sitting here seeing this movie in the theater so i feel like it's an early one that i remember like going to see and uh, and, and david you said live action cartoon that's exactly what it feels like his himbo nature. I mean, Brendan Fraser has an eight pack, man. Eight on them, eight on them abs. Play the piano on him, you can. He's looking good. But it just, it it walked so Scooby-Doo could run. And oh, it just no. didn't, it just didn't finish across the finish line for me. Like it knows what it is and I appreciate oh, yeah. it, but it's just not quite good enough to do that for as long as it did. And it's a short movie. Right. You give me a 30 minute version oh, of this night, and, yeah. I, and it's like perfect. And so it's just a little too long. But like I see this as what Scooby-Doo modeled cool. itself after of like being self-aware of itself and leaning into the humor of what it is. And so for that, I really enjoy it. It's just not as good enough, well-rounded uh, 
to, to make it from start to finish to where I enjoy it all the way through. It kind of goes mm. in waves. Mm-hmm. Josh. Yeah. Um, I like that the movie knows what it is, right? It's very self-aware in its use of the narrator. Uh, you, David, you said it was one of the best uses of narrator in film. You said that. And I, said I that. think that that is... I'm not going to fight it. You know, <laughs> it is, you know, we haven't done the legwork to figure that out. We haven't but, done the research. You know. It was better than Alicia Silverstone's narration last week. On yeah, Flash for sure. If you, yeah, go back and listen to that. Um, but not, but really though, I do think the narrator is like my favorite character in the movie because he's mm. got the best jokes and he gets to help move the story along. My fit, my favorite one is when, um, the guy falls off the cliff and he just goes, ah, don't worry. Nobody dies in this movie. They only get hurt really, really bad. Yeah. They get, um, they get really big boo-boos. Really big boo-boos. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite joke because it's yeah. like, you know what? Okay, fine. Perfect. I'll accept that. Uh, right. It just made it even funnier when uh, George gets shot later. Uh, yeah. I know the whole time going like, well, he's going to be fine. <laughs> he's well, allowed to get shot. He's the hero. And it's um, great because the narrator goes like, whoa, that was intense. So the narrator is my favorite character, but outside of that, there was not a lot going for it for me. <laughs> oh my goodness! What I'm not, oh, I'm man. sorry. Oh, oh, I'm wow. not loving. I'm stunned. It. I'm not I'm loving. It. It's okay sometimes. It really wears on me. Uh, the the whatever the type of humor is they're going for, because it's like. It, it veers into grading a little bit. Oh, they try okay. a little too hard sometimes. Uh, so I don't know about that. And at the point where it's like 45 minutes in the movie or something like that, when basically the jungle time ends mm-hmm. and then they're switching to San Francisco, I was like, how is the movie over? Because I feel like I've watched a complete movie at the end of the jungle area and then i i hit the button and i was like what there's so much left you get more move it felt weird um so i don't know brendan does work very well in the role Mm -hmm. i'm curious to know why he didn't return for george (laughs) 2. um that's a movie for gary because that's uh zachary levi i believe replaces him never have never will (laughs) i do remember watching it a lot as a kid I remember a, a an ape named Abe. He's ape named ape. very weird. John Cleese role. Uh, maybe one of the weirder movie endings ever. Oh, with him singing My yeah. Way in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> the ape, the ape variety show. Yeah, yes. Super weird way for a movie to end. But my ultimate question coming out of this movie is, what was going on? And maybe David, you know this as our resident expert of Disney things. What was going on at the Walt Disney Company that allowed them to release George of the Jungle and Jungle to Jungle in the same year? It's, it's the same movie. Two, two years before they released Tarzan? Two years before they released Tarzan, the culmination right. of this man-ape phenomenon. David, I'm going to make this even better because you said that George of the Jungle was the first thing that you turned on when Disney Plus be- became a thing. The first thing that Josh and I turned on whenever we was Jungle to Jungle. This yes. is true, and I forgot <laughs> that. It was just like, what? Jungle to Jungle? Jungle to Jungle followed very hard upon 
uh, Jungle, uh, uh, George of the Jungle as well. I don't know why, but that is a movie that just sticks in my head from like the, the 90s of Tim Allen mm-hmm. and his kid. His kid somehow, you know, Martin Short's in there. It's a fantastic movie for another day. When we do um, Tim, uh, so when we do Septim Allenberg, we'll have to look into that i don't hate that save that he tried too hard but it was funny i like it i think we can Um, make it work we'll have to circle around to his best works um so anyway yeah um i don't know what was in the water why they made so many jungle related movies because (laughs) seriously um i'm pretty sure it goes beyond just jungle to jungle george of the jungle and tarzan there's others in there um I don't know. I don't even really know what the full gestation of why they made this movie was. But I mean, um, the f- interesting thing. So it's based on um, a Jay Ward cartoon and the Jay Ward cartoon universe, whatever you want to call it, is kind of a forgotten time in animation by today's standards. Um, this is Rocky and a guy who made Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, obviously George the Jungle here, the fractured fairy tales. Like it was a very specific animation style and animation delivery where it was very like snappy like marx brothers-esque humor where it was just you know joke 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 right the interesting thing is they only made 17 episodes of george of the jungle um so it wasn't like it was like this prolific cartoon that ran for years they made um it basically ran one year and then ran in reruns with just 17 episodes um and i think sort of buoyed by the uh just the, the catchy theme song um that george george georgia the jungle you know which they they use throughout this movie they have like a soft version that if you, if you listen to the movie you know george will be like fab looking you know out of the distance and you'll hear it's like just like a very somber version of georgia the jungle and yeah. so used to do that back in the day in but this was also a time period where they were bringing old cartoons into live action. This was around the same time period as Inspector Gadget. This was around like the same time period as Scooby-Doo and Josie and the Pussycats. And these types of, for whatever reason, the cartoons of the 60s and 70s were being brought to life. And I don't know what in the, I don't know what in the consciousness of Hollywood was like 60s era, you know, uh, you know, short cartoons. Let's make them adult or let's make them, you know, live action films. I don't know why that became uh, a need that had to happen but it did um yeah <coughs> excuse me so i don't know but I, I love it this uh this to me also has very much like it's very muppet humor it's very like it's that level of goofy self-awareness uh and i don't know what you guys are talking about because for me it's funny the whole way through i uh mm. love it well, I'm, I'm with josh once they leave the jungle i am very much not interested anymore oh i still you... enjoy i still enjoy it i just don't yeah. care like i just you... shut down and am along for the ride at this point <laughs> you know what you know like it's uh i mean honestly it's this it like we said it's because you just watched blast from the past it's because you watched almost an identical movie just yeah, just a week ago uh where he's Oh, now I get the fancy clothes. Oh, what is this thing I'm seeing here for the first time? It's all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, but he did it better in Bless in the Past. Uh, I will say, one of the underscored performances that I enjoyed was Thomas Aiden Church's uh, Lyle Vandergrift. 
I thought he was very funny. Um, I thought, while being equally very unlikable. Oh, he's <laughs> hilariously moment, unlikable. Oh, yeah. The moment uh, whenever he, every time when he's like, oh, they're probably thinking I'm the most evil jerk that they've ever seen and they're going to do something evil to me. And then they say that exactly. It's so funny because I'm like, yeah, is, man, you are a jerk and something evil is, should happen to you. It is, this is this is a, a conceit of David's brain that, you, you know, uh, can be squared away for the future. But anytime a narrator or somebody says a, a line and then somebody basically repeats it, uh, confirming what they thought, like that to me, I love that. When, you know, when the narrator says, uh, Ursula couldn't believe she was lost in the jungle with the ape man. I can't believe I'm lost in the jungle with an ape man. I love that. I love the 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 the, the characters saying exactly what the narrator just said. I love when he says that because he says, probably I'm a big jerk. I'm trying to think of something evil to do to me. One of them goes, this guy's the biggest jerk. And he goes, we should think of something evil to do with him. Hilarious. So um, yeah, and I also like hilarious. Oh yeah. I think that Ursula never, is like an early yeah. social media influencer also based on how what? they set her up. So I feel like this could be a movie they redo <laughs> in the future works? and just have this. this look at this and they're out there just doing this ridiculous stuff and, and they get obscured by George and Jungle. I think one of the reasons that Lyle becomes so funny is because like they're always putting, they're always checking him. Like he's like, he's like being a very American jerk and being like, look, I bring gifts from America fire and they're just like constantly like clowning him the whole time like it's yeah. not like he's a jerk who gets away with it um uh it does you know i'll give it to you it wraps up kind of silly in the end because like lyle just kind of like oh by the way lyle escaped prison and he joined a cult and you know all this stuff um but to me yeah it's you know them going back uh there's an interesting thing for me with this movie which is um leslie mann yeah. who uh is so I remember as a kid thinking she was so sweet and so likable and such like, I just, I, I was in love with her um, watching this movie. And she was, I think the first time um, that I remember having my, like uh, having that, that, oh, that like thing click in your brain that actors are not who they are in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because um, I remember after loving her in this for so many years, I uh, was like nine or 10 years old and I watched Big Daddy. Mm. And in Big Daddy, she's this mm -hmm. jerk. She's this like hateful, mean woman. And I remember being like, I was like, Ursula. And I was all excited. I was nine. I'm like, Ursula. And then <laughs> she's so mean and so awful. And I was like, and I it was just like this thing clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, aren't the same in every movie because you know why would I, brendan fraser didn't help me think that um so it was it was this awakening that like people could be different so i you know i, I credit leslie mann and her incredible performances over time wow. with helping me with that i'm best, also still i'm quite in love with leslie mann still so best actress snub of 1997 it's true man in, in george of the jungle um <laughs> uh, she was really good in it though I, I will say i i did enjoy her and i always have i've also always enjoyed leslie mann uh she's very fun i i liked how over the top her or like i i was like there's no way she would be be in this much disbelief like come on he's he's like yeah the talking ape is one thing but the jungle man like okay are you really you're still fainting you're fainting mm -hmm. come on yeah it's um it's uh i i've always i i do i do kind of have a desire to go back and watch like a, a george of the jungle cartoon because her character i would like to see film. it yeah her characters in that show 
voiced by June Foray and, and and she's in all those things. She's like Rocky and Bullwinkle and Peabody and Sherman and all that stuff too. Well, I also but, went back and saw that it was based off the, I, well, I knew it was based off a cartoon, but I didn't know it was only, uh, you know, 17, 18 episodes long. And so that got me thinking, yeah, why did they, why'd they pull this show out? Right. Um, when it barely has any source material to go off of. Uh, so it was interesting, but you, it, it could just be, you know, like you said, a lot of these shows were getting rebooted and they were just pulling whatever, whatever they could. They, find. Whatever um, they could. Yeah. It did work out for them, at least in this one for this first movie. Um, I mean, this was successful enough that they greenlit Dudley do right with, right. uh, with with Brendan Fraser again, which I remember as a kid, even thinking this seems like a, a misstep for him. Well, you know, I, 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 it's, you mentioned that, and we're not reviewing Dudley Do Right unless our fans vote for it, and you can do that on all of our social media po- uh, social media. So many sequels pod. You could find more information there. But I watched it before George of the Jungle, just because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was stuck in my head, and I actually overall I think I like Dudley Do Right a little more as an experience. Movies about the same, but for me, the, in that one, Alfred Molina as Snidely Whiplash is just a home run. He's so perfect and wonderful every time he's on screen that it's magical. Plus, so is Brendan Fraser. So it's like a perfect. So those two help carry the movie a little more. But they, this is very similar. They have the same narrator, and and it is because it is from that same style. Um, it's just it's kind of interesting that he chose to do those type things. Uh, yeah. No, they just see. I, I guess I was, maybe they just he kind of got typecast there again early in his career. Yeah, I wonder, like, because I mean, essentially, Dudley Do Right in in some ways is a sequel to George of the Jungle because, yeah, I think it does have that narrator. It, it does have that same narration bit, doesn't same it? Same guy, yeah, same thing. And, and, and it's, it's the I mean, same general setup. It's, it's just Dudley Do Right instead of George. Exactly, and you know, Dudley's his own kind of doofus character. Um, again, saying I think I'm pretty sure a Jay Ward creation. Um, yeah. So it is a. It is interesting because like that to me that is the sequel George's Jungle, not George's Jungle Two, because um, it's it's I don't know they don't bring everybody back, but they at least bring Brendan back, which I always thought was weird as a kid. I was like, he's doing another one of these. Okay, he gets to show off his physical comedy elements. Um, I think again, this is uh, he he is a good looking man. He is really in that himbo stage peak era. I would say. I tell you what. Swinging from those cables is hard work. I'm going to have to put that into my workout repertoire. Swinging from a vine. Yeah. um, I don't know. You know, and this movie, uh, I think it is pretty quotable. Um, uh, My wife and I say George just lucky, I guess, all the time when uh, things work out. Um, And uh, I I still, we, um, I, I think about when he's like, this, you know, he's like this biggest swing in jungle history or something like that. very much, you know, um, it's uh, to me, I don't know. I, I, it's nostalgia really does a lot for, for people. So um, I think, think it's, I do think it's fascinating. You guys aren't, aren't as into it. That's, that's interesting. I figured you guys would love it too. Um, Loved about it half be, of it. It'd be the blast from our past. Um, yeah. I did. Um... Oh, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Josh. Well, I was I just going to say, you know, all the apes and um, some of the other animals, that's all um, Henson production uh, stuff that the, the Jim Henson company uh, made all those. Nice. They look good. They look great. Yeah. No problem with the puppetry at all. I think that it, it is interesting to look at this movie 
in the um, in the span of Brendan Fraser's career. So this was kind of between um, him kind of landing on the map with um, Encino Man, uh, and it is before Blast from the Past, which we talked about last week. So this is kind of in sort of the prime of his, you know, early like that big rush of Brendan Fraser every few, you know, like every year basically he had a new movie out, um, and um, we talked about how the mummy really kind of changed seemingly at that time changed the trajectory because for the first time he was being kind of this very traditional hero type as opposed yeah, to action star. these sort of fish out of water goofballs. Um, so uh, I think it is interesting to look at that. Um, I think that he had, I think he was great. I think honestly, um, he's I've never great been, as George. He's great as George. He's, you know, he definitely, he, he's never boring in the movie. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Um, he's just got that, you know, and, and I think that he was capable and he is capable of doing whatever you ask him. I think he's capable of an action movie. He's capable of more adult stuff and he's capable of leading, you know, something like this, which admittedly is, is, is a child's movie. It's a children's movie hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, I, I think it really is a credit to, his career, <coughs> yeah. the diversity of his work and seeming lack of diversity in his work. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, for me, it goes back to uh, how much of a connection I think people of our age have with Brendan Fraser when it comes to their childhood. And I think yeah. that he has been, he has said that on several interviews where people have come up to him and say, you know, you were just a big part of my childhood. And, you know, you think about it, I loved as a, as a seven, eight year old kid, I loved George of the jungle. I loved Dudley do right. I loved blast from the past. Um, you know, all of these movies that he was in, in those, you know, we talk about those influential times from 1999 last week, blast from the past, those times in between in those movies that, that stick with you, you know, and I remember going to the movie theater for this. I remember loving Dudley do right. And, and all of those. So yeah, it's just a, a very nice childhood connection to a person in those various different parts. Oh, all right. Well, I think that's good enough to put a cap on George of the Jungle. No need to give it a full, you know, critical analysis, I guess. I right. Know. We could write a thesis. I don't know that we could go that deep on it. But, uh, yeah, you know. I don't really have much else to say about it. It is what it is. It's pretty much, it's about as, it is what it is. But, it's worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, especially for kids. I think kids would like it. And it's a good way to introduce yourself to who Brendan is as an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that said, how did this movie do uh, commercially, David? How did it perform? So generally speaking, it was pretty successful. Um, it uh, debuted the weekend of July 18th, 1997 okay. um, to $16.5 million. It landed in the number two spot that weekend, only behind Men in Black which was in its third week. Um, we've reviewed Men in Black. You can check out our review. Uh, just go through our uh, just go through our, our list of movies. Um, the number three, that movie that week that weekend was Contact, uh, followed by Nothing to Lose, which brought in 11 million. And in the number five spot, a recent uh, uh, framed movie, Face Off. Um, if you're still playing framed out there, <laughs> Face was in its fourth week, bringing 8.9 million. Uh, George of the Jungle would go on to make 105 million dollars here in the U.S. Wow. and would bring in 69 million from overseas for a worldwide total of 174.4 uh, million. 
Um, George, George just lucky, I guess. George is lucky, I guess. Um, it was the number 13 movie domestically in uh, 1997, following just behind Batman and Robin. Um, <laughs> the number one movie of 1997, even though it made most of its hay in 1998, was Titanic, which brought in $600 million uh, to domestic box office and over... <coughs> Uh, I believe over a billion worldwide, one of the first movies to cross billion mark worldwide. Wow, and it's coming up on its 25th year anniversary. Sounds like that's true. You know, might be worth looking like into, that, looking back on. You know, maybe we'll... <laughs> it'd be worth revisiting. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> back to the Titanic. Um, so the number two movie. I mean, and you can listen to this gap between number one and number two of 1997. So. Uh, this is domestic numbers. Titanic is the number one movie of 1997 with $600 million. The number two movie with $250 million is Men in Black. So wow. a bit of a gap between. If it weren't two. for Titanic. Men in Black would have ruled the, you know, it ruled the summer. Uh, the number three movie that year was The Lost World, Jurassic Park, brought in just under $230 million. Uh, Liar, Liar, with Jim Carrey. Uh, at the time, the 90s certified box office gold, Jim Carrey brought in 180 wow. million. And uh, <laughs> at number five, Air Force One with Harrison Ford and uh, Gary Oldman brought in $172 million. Uh, 97, great year, great year. Um, they also. When's the last time a movie like Liar Liar cracked the top five, boys? That's uh, it might be 1997. Probably, yes, man. Uh, I don't know. We could, I could, I could look through that, but I, um, I, I imagine that. Uh, I don't know. It's been a long time since we had like you've had like comedy star mid, you know, mid budget mm-hmm. comedy movies where you know box office uh, gold, as it were. You know, big, yeah. big movie. Um, you know, some other big things that came out that year. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, we talked about Face Off and Batman and Robin. Scream Two came out that year. Con Air. Disney's Hercules Flubber <laughs> came out that year. Uh, this was the year they re-released a new Hope into theaters, the special edition. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty big year, 1997. Um, and that's it. I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'll drop it into the letterbox game. All right. Well, while we start thinking about our guesses for uh, this week's game. David, you may never get your trophy because I don't know if I'll ever see it again. That's true. It, it might just be his now. Let's uh, let's look over some of the most popular reviews for George of the Jungle. We've got five stars. Late '90s Brendan Fraser could slam me into a tree trunk any day. <laughs> five stars. The end credit scene with a gorilla voice by John Cleese singing in Vegas, wearing a bedazzled suit, is better than all of La La Land. Oh, <laughs> and then finally, four stars. Do you ever watch a childhood favorite again and think, "Oh, this explains the way I am"? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, with those uh, reviews in mind, what are we gonna guess for, for the Letterbox community's thoughts on George of the Jungle? Well, for the record, we have a new system this this year where oh, we get two good. points. You get two points if you get a direct hit. One point if yes. you just win. David already winning. This is his trophy. I'm just. I won the first game. I won the first week, and I, I am uh, the trophy holder for the year. Um, I'll go since I went first last week, and I got it dead on. I'll go last, and we'll see if that. Okay. 
Well, I'm back. gonna I say feel bad winning so much. I don't Sick think I don't think those reviews are indicative of the quality of movie as much as they are the quality of the jokes. So I don't think this movie is gonna be very highly reviewed on average. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the twos. Mm. And I'm gonna pick two point five. Josh has two point five. I was gonna go with a three point one, but I think I'm wait. No, I'm not gonna say three point one. Guess are you sticking with that, Garrett? Yeah, boys, I'm gonna go the other way because five even time is on my side. Uh, it's a three point seven, I believe. I'm gonna say a three point seven. Okay, I swear to God, if he gets it right, we're gonna have to challenge. If I get it exactly right, I'm gonna be throw out a challenge flag somehow. Okay, well. I can confirm that we do not have a direct hit this week. That's good. That makes me feel better. But I can say that David is not the winner. This movie is a 2.6. That makes me the winner. I pick 2.5. This movie is a 2.6. And I How confirm. could the community betray me like this? You know, I was going to go with a 2.7, and then I thought nostalgia, uh, and I bumped it. You know, I knew the letterbox. I knew the I knew the Rotten Tomatoes score was like fifty six percent or fifty nine percent, and I knew that the IMDb score was like six point nine. But I was like, <coughs> the letterbox community's on my side here. No. This is a nostalgia movie that people love. Two point six. The people have spoken. So rancid insult. You know what? None of these people, <laughs> none of these people get to celebrate Brendan Fraser and his comeback. All right. You can all get out. This is going to be exciting. I feel like this next segment. Hold on to your butts, friends. Well, I am on the map now, at least. I got a point. Yeah, Josh got a point. I'm on the board. Yeah, you better write it down. Josh wins. Still trailing me, though, even though we've got this down. Well, it's early in the season. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. We got to have to come up with a new way of recording these because I got to record wins. And anyway, go ahead. All right. Well, we got (laughs) got more. We got more Brendan Fraser already coming up for you this month. We got a couple more of our picks. What are we rated here? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I totally skipped over. Get these these horrendous ratings that you're going to give out out of the way. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna go with Letterbox and pick two point five. Well, they. Yeah. It's the best I can do. Sickening. I agree that it's a two and a half star movie, but it's a four star experience. I don't even, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> How much I had a lot of fun. It's just not a great. This? It's not a great movie. How much homework do you get done during this movie? Zero. All my I dedication was to Brendan. Oh my goodness. All right. This is a four star movie. This is hilarious. This is, uh, this is, you know, every, what every movie should aspire to be is George of the Jungle in wow. terms of nailing exactly what you're trying to do. Your obscenely high review bumps our average up to a even three. So that's where honestly where it should be. I agree with that. I'm perfectly fine where with a three star movie. That's a nonsense. Movie. Nonsense. All right. Back to what I was saying before. Um, we got more Brendan Fraserary coming up for you guys this month. We got more of our picks. Plus, we're going to do a fan pick. But you got to check out our social media to figure out how to do that. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all those. Just search for So Many Sequels or So Many Sequels Pod. I think most of them have pod at the end. But I'm sure you'll find it if you just search for that. Uh, so go follow us on there and find out how you can vote for uh, your Brendan Fraser pick that we'll do at the end of the month. 
Um, be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash so many sequels. If you join us there, you can get access to our Discord and hang out with us, uh, talk about movies and play games and just share memes and all kinds of fun stuff. So go join us there on Patreon. Uh, we'll see you guys next week with another Brendan Fraser banger. I'm sure. <laughs> banger after banger. <laughs>